I'm Adam Coleman, inviting you to the fifth season of The Cosmic Library from LitHub. This season, we go on our tiniest reading adventure yet, into short stories in the U.S. But this too turns out to be almost all-encompassing. I think short stories are essentially brief encounters with felt life. That's Oxford literary scholar Andrew Kahn, who gives us a deep history of the short story. And we hear from The New Yorker's Deborah Treisman, who explains her work as an editor of short fiction. You know, if you are melding with another person, you don't turn that person into you, but you get to know the ins and outs of that person. So, and it's, it's sort of like that. I always feel involved with the stories. We bounce around between the history and current life of short stories with the novelist Justin Taylor. The nice thing about it going out of fashion is that it really frees you up to relate to it in a different way. This being the Cosmic Library, we make sure to go way beyond U.S. short stories, too. Here's the Washington Post critic, Becca Rothfeld. A lot of Kafka short stories, I think, gesture at or describe um, sort of nightmarish geographies or architectures. And the actor Max Gordon Moore reminds us just how wild short stories can be. With a reading in its entirety of Wakefield, the intensely strange, classic Nathaniel Hawthorne story. He had contrived, or rather he had happened, to dissever himself from the world, to vanish. Get ready for all that and more in a season about short stories, small windows into vast universes. It's season five of The Cosmic Library, available soon wherever you go for podcasts. Welcome to the Maris Review. This is Maris Kreisman. Um, I am so thrilled to be joined today by an author whose entire body of work I've just admired for many, many years. And her newest one is amazing. Um, Miriam Taves is the author of seven previous best-selling novels, Women Talking, All My Puny Sorrows, Summer of My Amazing Luck, A Boy of Good Breeding, Complicated Kindness, The Flying Troutmans, and Irma Voth, and one work of nonfiction, Swing Low, A Life. Her latest novel is called Fight Night. She lives in Toronto. It's wonderful to see you, Miriam. It's great to see you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I I think I didn't read any of the marketing copy that came with the galley of Fight Night. Okay, so, so imagine my surprise when I'm kind of figuring things out and about 30 pages in, I realized that the narrator or the narrator's grandmother is named Elvira. <laughs> yeah. And then I tell me about that, tell, like explain to the listeners why I gasped. <laughs> because it's my mother's real name. And so, and of course, you know, the book is, is fiction, it's a novel and, um, and it's a, you know, fictional world, but it, but um, I guess when I was writing the character of grandma of El, Elvira or Elvira, um, she, Elvira. she but, but she, but the, she does go by, by both. Absolutely. And okay. And in fact, even my own father, you know, my late father was, had started calling her Elvira too, because he just preferred it. So, but, so it's, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's, um, and I realized that, you know, really, I mean, the character that I was creating, the grandma character that I was creating was, you know, was her. And I just thought, and I like the name and, um, you know, I guess in, in today's, you know, in popular culture, it has so many meanings, but, but, um, <laughs> or, or associations, but still, um, you know, the character of grandma is so, so, um, so her, so that's why I, you know, called a spade a spade. 
Love that. And, and I feel like Elvira or Elvira has this kind of fully developed philosophy that I feel is so inherent in your work. Tell me about that, it, creating a character who might or might not be your mother who believes that joy and pain and laughter and tears have to all be in one big smushed up mess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They do, don't they? I mean, or they are, <laughs> they simply, they simply are, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, to me as, you know, as, as, a, as a real person, as my mother, but also as the character, I mean, it's this, this, uh, it's, it's resilience. It's a type of, um, wisdom in terms of, you know, what, what it takes to survive and, and not just to survive, but, um, to, to live well. And that is, you know, with, with joy, with, um, with love, with others in community and, and, um, you know, and, 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 and with the, with the, um, imperative of remaining oneself, you know, in all of that. And all of those things obviously aren't, aren't, aren't necessarily easy, <clears throat> easy to come by or easy to achieve, but, um, but certainly she does represent that, that kind of, um, yeah, that, that life force, that resilience, that, um, and, and, and so for Swiv, the nine-year-old, you know, narrator, um, she is in a sense, I mean, she's, kind of, you know, she's, she's homeschooling in a sense, Swift has been kicked out of school, but um, there's, there's so much more that she's actually, you know, aside from the, you know, regular school subjects. <laughs> yes, she, she has a lot of, um, yeah, other, other interests. Um, other interests, exactly. <laughs> other, <laughs> other things to <laughs> offer. Swift. But I do love the, the coursework that, um, Doku and Boggle and Dream Analysis. Of course, those are things that you would learn about in homeschooling. But but Swiv knows so much about the adult world and her grandmother and taking care of her grandmother that sometimes she feels almost magical. Is that fair? Yeah, that's a good word. That's an interesting word. I like it. Um, it's true. I mean, she's sort of, because she's larger than life. I mean, she's kind of a superhero kind of mm -hmm. figure in, in Swift's life, but also at the same time, very human and dealing with, you know, these very human basic things like failing health and fragility and pain and, and grief and loss and, and, and all of these things. And, and, um, Swiv is an anxious girl you know, she pretends to be tough, tougher than she really is, but she's a vulnerable, anxious, um, fearful, um, observant kid. And, and, um, you know, she is, a, she's, she's afraid of her grandmother dying. She feels responsible. She's taking care of her grandma too, in a sense, as grandma's taking care of her. And then, you know, really, I mean, they're all taking care of each other in their own mm -hmm. way. Uh, the women, but but um, she's afraid of, of grandma dying. She's afraid of her um, own mother, you know, going the way of her of her aunt and her grandfather of, um, of becoming very mentally ill, suicidal. Uh, she's afraid her mother's going to kill herself. And um, there's all this stuff that's in their family and and um, that they've that they've collectively been dealing with or been living through or been and and um, and Swiv 
she sees what's going on, but she doesn't necessarily see what's really going on because she's nine and it's hard, you know, for her to really see what's going on. And so, you know, eventually, I mean, it really is up to grandma, this magical character, as you say, to, um, to, to tell her the, the truth you know, um, the truth about her mother and to show her the truth, the truth about, you know, life and, you know, and that we die. And when I was writing, you know, that we die, that we, <laughs> that we lose our minds, that we go crazy, mm-hmm. that we kill ourselves, that we lose, that we, all of these things that happen in life, um, unfortunately. And, and uh, when I was writing the book, I was actually thinking, yeah, you, you know, just trying to think of it at, you know, in one line or two, um, thinking that it's really, in a sense, you know, a child's guide to, to death and madness. <laughs> and even Incredible. though it's not, it's not a kid's book, it's a book for adults, but um, <laughs> written from the point of view of a kid, it seemed, it seemed apt. And I, I could see Swiv starting to grapple with inherited trauma, say, mm-hmm. um, when you, when she thinks about the Nike swooshes under her eyes and how that itself can be genetic and like how much of her mother's and grandmother's pain can she somehow sense and feel yeah yeah exactly how much of it can and it's this sort of meetings of you know the wisdom of age and and the wisdom of innocence really in 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 a way and that kind of that clash and also that coming together um you know but it in a harmonious way but uh it's I mean, how much does she sense? That's that's the thing. I mean, that's why, you know, the fears that she has, the anxiety that she has is that she's capable of sensing it to a certain degree, you know, but not really knowing, is this going to happen to me? Is this going to happen to the people that I love? Um, you know, makes her anxious all of the time. And and she's trying to, and then, and she's also, you know, her her father has taken off, you know, she's, she's you know, she's got this, this missing dad in, in her life. She doesn't know where he is or why he's gone. So, you know, there's a lot that she's dealing with in her own kind of way of, you know, with her, her bullshit bravado and her, you know, and her funny um, use of, you know, sort of appropriating the language of her mother and grandmother and you know mixing the it swear in. words are wonderful <laughs> yeah she needs them you know <laughs> she needs those those words that language this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tell me about um, writing the character of Swiv in her voice, but showing the reader um, about all of the things that she doesn't understand are happening. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's different things working at, you know, diff- different levels with the voice. Um, 
you know, which was the, the biggest challenge was to, you know, to, to get that. I mean, it's a voice, voice driven, you know, novel it's, you know, and, and, um, and, and so that was the biggest challenge was to, to make sure that that voice was, you know, authentic and, and, um, and entertaining obviously, but, but, um, you know, there, the, the reader is sensing things that are going on and, and understanding things that are going on in a way that Swift perhaps doesn't, um, but, but is coming to. Uh, and so, you know, sort of working together in the same, at the same pace, really, Swift and the reader, you know, to understand what, what, um, what is really going on here and what they're up against. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, the, the, just this, this seeking, you know, that's that, that, the seeking, um, the, the constant seeking and searching that, that Swiv is, you know, is, is experiencing and, and undergoing, um, you know, it's, um, is just sort of the thing that drives the, the novel. And so in a way, it's a little bit of a, you know, kind of not a detective story at all, but, um, you know, different layers are kind of, you know, pulled pulled away and you know and we can see even through Swiv's you know limited understanding we can see kind of what's what's going on and what it is that these women are surviving. Yeah I, I even when Swiv refers to the secret language um that I I am I, of course a super fan and so <laughs> understand that Plowditch did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, okay. or Plat Deutsch. There are different ways of pronouncing it. <laughs> okay. Um, that, 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 that's what was going on. Um, sometimes I tried to Google words just to see um, if I could find their meanings. Yeah. But tell me about not providing that much context and, and having readers have to figure this stuff out as, as Swiv sort of kind of does. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a challenge in terms of, you know, in, in the writing, in, in, in creating that voice that must remain authentic and, and believable and true to Swiv um, and the circumstances and, and everything, but, but also like you say, sort of, you know, um, give inf information, you know, and, and um, kind of as, as we go. So I think, there's also, I guess, using the letters that that Swiv has sort of assigned, you know, like she, you know, has these editorial meetings with her family where she assigns <laughs> different assignments, and you know, and so both both um, Elvira and um, and her mom, both Grandma and her mom, have to, you know, are, you know, have been assigned to write these letters to people who are who are missing, people who are gone. And in fact, the whole book is a letter basically from Swift to her missing father uh, and um, you know so and I think in those letters and that and for me that it was you know useful to to use that um, to that device or whatever you want to call it you know to have those letters because in those letters we could see a little bit more about what was going yeah. on with the characters you know that that Swift perhaps couldn't uh, give us. Correct yeah <laughs> um, and and then of course it kind of hits a crescendo say when she, when she's on the plane uh oh. to fresno with her grandmother and just lets her iPhone or i i don't know why i assumed it was an iphone <laughs> lets her phone record her grandmother's voice um and and it's just a transcript 
Yeah, it's just a transcript. And that came too at a, at a very, you know, specific point where, you know, um, this, this tension inside Swiv of not knowing what was going on, you know, grandma becomes aware of this. She understands this. She understands that she has something very important and, and, and real and useful to give to Swiv. And that is the truth, the truth of what happened to, you know, her, her mother, just Swiv's mother. Uh, and, um, and and so I guess for me too, it was important that it that like you say that uh, that monologue of, of of grandmas, you know, which was being recorded by Swift, happened while they were grounded. You know, they were they were on the ground. There were mechanical problems with the plane, which of course made Swift anxious, and you know didn't phase Grandma at least. And you know, it's during that time that she explains this stuff to to um, to to Swift, and after she tells this story. Uh, you know, the plane, it's sort of, and maybe magically again, <laughs> you know, then, then they can lift up. So, you know, metaphorically, whatever, for me, it was a thing, you know, then they can lift off and they're free, then they can fly and they can go and they can move, you know, forward. And, and um, so, but Swiv is constantly recording uh, different things, um, different things that her grandma says, stuff that her mother does. And, you know, like a, like a modern, kid and and um mm -hmm. keeping this all I guess in her own special archives yeah I, I and and again I I I was doing a lot of googling because grandma might quote a poem or she's she does seem she's a font of wisdom and uh, I wanted to check all of the references <laughs> yeah there are a lot yeah, she likes to, and you know, and like my own mother. I mean, that was a, you know, that is a, that that is a thing that that she does. She's always, you know, quoting uh, her favorite writers or quoting, you know, things that you know the basketball coaches or baseball mm -hmm. coaches, team players, sport, you know, athletes say about, you know, basically, and they all have to do with, you know, like being strong, moving forward, you know, loving, you know, like, you, you know being compassionate, but also strong fighting, you know, knowing when to fight, you know, when not to, uh, what is a fight, you know, this sort of revolve around that idea of really of, um, of, of fighting, of, of survival. And so, you know, my own mother is constantly doing that to the point where, I mean, my kids and I, you know, we, we can see them coming. I mean, she does repeat herself. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, and, and we love, but, um, I wanted to get that in there too, in, in the book, you know, with grandma. Yeah, and, and Elvira in the book has this amazing ability to laugh even when it's very clear that she's in a lot of pain, physically, physical yeah. pain. I understand the laughing when, when uh, unhappy inside, but <laughs> it, it does seem like another level yeah, it is. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, that's true. It, it, you know, the, the pain that she has survived emotionally and, you know, mentally and just in life with loss and, um, it, and everything that she's experienced in her childhood and the community that she comes from and, you know, and with her family is one thing, but the physical, she is in constant physical pain. And that is another remarkable thing, again, um, about, about Elvira, my mother, the real person. Um, she seems to just like, there's, she is in constant physical 
pain and is on tons of, you know, different medications <laughs> to try and, you know, mitigate all of it. Uh, you, know, you know, and yet she often, she, she will, I mean, almost on a daily basis, you know, she, ah, don't worry about it. It's just pain. You know, it's just pain. What are you going to do? You know, I'm not dying. Uh, it's just pain. And so this is a strange concept to me because I know when I experience pain, I'm like, what do you, you know, I'm, ah, I'm not exactly <laughs> laughing and, you know, <laughs> throwing out bits of wisdom. I'm, you know, I'm complaining. Uh, so, so I wanted to, and, and I guess also the, you know, the thing about this book is that when I conceived of it or tried to, you know, imagine it and when it, um, I was thinking about my grandchildren, I have four grandchildren now and it sort of, you know, came really quickly in quick succession starting in 2017. And, and I'm so, you know, kind of one a year and, and, um, two different kids, like my two of my uh, and, um, you know, and I thought I wanted to write something for them. I mean, obviously something that would be uh, appreciated by, by other people as, as well, but I wanted to create something, um, you know, this creative fiction around this, uh, around Elvira, you know, this character, this, this, their great grandmother who they are probably not really going to, unfortunately, I mean, her health isn't great and she's 86 years old. You know, they're not going to really know her. And I really, it meant a lot to me to, to um, you know, to sort of, yeah, show, you know, show them, to tell them a little bit, you know. And because I, and I also was so concerned too. I, I was thrilled, of course, when they were born, but so, you know, immediately I was thinking, oh my God, you know, this life, this world, they're going to have questions. They're going to have so many questions. What what happened to these people that I, that, 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 that you talk about, you know, these people in my family, who um who are gone people i'm named after you know why aren't they here and 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 they're going to need to know they're going to need to know the truth and and will they have the same concerns and anxiety that's that swiv has like oh my god i'm i'm gonna you know am i gonna kill myself am i gonna you know or, or am i gonna take off am i gonna have a kid and then just take off like you know like their own missing fathers and um and so yeah, so so sort of this kind of a combination for me in terms of why I wanted to write this book, and and that was to you know attempt to to show my own grandchildren you know a little bit about their great grandmother, but also you know a little bit about how you know it would be it was supposed to be encouraging you know you, there's stuff there's hard stuff you know they're big they're, we're gonna have these hard conversations eventually, but you know you're you're gonna be okay. Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> we don't know that, of course. I but, mean, you know, but that also is, seems yeah. to be the, the a major theme of your work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we know, you know, we know that, you know, it's not necessarily the case. We know that, you know, we're not necessarily okay, but, but, um, but, you know, but we can hope to be. Yeah. And, and Elvira, not, uh, let's dwell on this for a little bit. She makes friends wherever she goes. She's got such charisma. Mm -hmm. She can leave that plane um, arriving in Fresno and exchange emails and phone numbers <laughs> with like yeah. all of her new friends. And um, that's really incredible when you consider her previous speech about how she grew up in fear and 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 being closed off yeah yeah um you know it's, it's interesting this is somewhat somewhat related but um 
my mother went to uh, you know she went she went back to she went to university in her forties. She she decided to to get her um, a university, and she and she became uh, a therapist. And so she was you know sort of heavily involved in that department, marriage and family therapy at the you know at a, at a university in 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 Winnipeg and and working and and. Um, uh, somebody was writing a textbook there in the sociology department and they went to her and, and they said, look, we were wondering if we could use your story, your kind of life story as the, um, you know, as the description of, in our textbook of resilience, you know, and so, wow. <laughs> so she's actually, you know, in this textbook, <laughs> the socio sociology, yeah, academic textbook, you know, as the whatever of, of, um, of, of, of as the example, you know, of, um, of resilience and, and, um, and it's just this remarkable characteristic that she has. And, and, um, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know. And you're right. I mean, she did, she grew up as did I in this very closed, um, controlled, uh, community and um, authoritarian and patriarchal and and as we know and and fundamentalist and and um, you know where women you know certain things um, silence for instance were expected and obedience for women especially and and um, you know and yet there was something you know with her own parents how she raised whatever it was inside of her um, that you know, that, that rebelled against all of that all the time from day one, but in a way that it was a form of rebellion, a kind of rebellion of just exuberance, really, in a sense, you know, of sort of like, I'm here, I'm alive. She's a faithful devout Mennonite, my mother is. And so she would consider herself to be that God made her, God gave her a voice, God gave her a mind, God gave her a heart, God gave her all of these things. Oh, yeah. You know, she has her own kind of, she sort of carved out her own religion and I am going to express myself and I am going to reach out to others and I'm not gonna live in this closed off way, you know, and I'm not gonna be controlled. And, and um, because that's not real, you know, and, and that, that's, you know, those are the rules of man and, um, and that's, you know, that's not my religion. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow she kind of, you know, carved this out for herself. I love that. And and I love that in the novel, Elvira is um, so unbothered about talking about sex in a way that we, like, I, as a grown woman, <laughs> couldn't do it. And so Swiv has to kind of figure out what the icky feeling is inside of her. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Elvira just, you know, relishes kind of making Swiv uncomfortable a little bit, too. You know, she knows when she's gone too far and she'll try, you know, and, and Swiv's mom, too. It's, um, yeah, she is, you know, very comfortable with the body and all bodily functions. And, and of course, Swiv, you know, being nine. Um, yeah, this is just, this is just, this is, this is terrible. This is just a, a horrible, horrible, horrible thing for her to have to witness, you know, or experience <laughs> yeah. having her grandma talk about these types of things. And again, I mean, that, you know, um, when I was um, uh, a teenager and somehow my mother got wind of the fact and, you know, she and I talked about things, but she understood that I was, I had, I, like I had a boyfriend and he and I were about to, you know, sort of, um, you know, be, take it to the next level as mm -hmm. it were. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I was, 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 was way too much information. Obviously, I'm not Elvira. I'm more like Swiv when it comes to, but, but um, you know, we, we were going to consummate the relationship. And it was a big deal. You know, I was about to lose my virginity, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, this is 400 years ago. But, but um, and, and um, you know, my, my mother, that, that day, you know, it was this planned out thing. It was so awkward and traumatic in retrospect, but, you know, we were going to go to this cottage in the woods. It was connected somehow as parents, blah, blah, blah. We were going to, it's just going to be beautiful and amazing. Uh, you know, that was the plan. And uh, my mother, like there was a, when I came home from school that day, she wasn't there, but there was this basket full of fruit and cheese, a bottle of champagne, which she would have had to have gone to the city or somewhere else to get because, of course, we had a dry community. Um, nobody drank. Drinking was a sin and there was no booze around. And um, and a card, you know, just saying, you know, Miriam, I, it was something beautiful. I think even with a Bible verse, just something about, you know, life is beautiful. Enjoy yourself. Uh, you know, this kind of encouragement, <laughs> right? And it was so, it was so shocking to me. Uh, and I'll never forget it. And, you know, it was so completely unusual for a woman from her community and that time, that place, that era, you know, for her for her to to give me to give me this like her blessing and not only that but that you know this is something to celebrate this is something beautiful and almost like I'm so proud of you congratulations or something you know welcome to the world of <laughs> your mother gave you a sexual gift basket isn't that bizarre I mean is that <laughs> I know I didn't do that with my own kids. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Miriam, this has been so much fun. Before we go, do you have a couple of books you'd like to recommend? Mm, yes, I do. I do have, um, I, okay. I love Natalia Ginsburg and, um, and, and everything that she's written. I'm trying, I'm thinking, I'm thinking though, um, I feel as though, um, I am thinking of a but, and I'm trying to remember that it's, it's, it's a book and it ju I just saw it on my shelf, actually. And <laughs> it's not, I mean, not just now, but, you know, yesterday. And um, it's called Furman and it's by a writer named Sam Savage. And it's not a new book and it's a novel. And it, it's about a, a, bu a bunch of, it's, it's from the point of view of a, of a, of, of a rat um, named Furman living in a bookstore in Boston, I think it is. And this bookstore is about to be bulldozed, you know, to make room for, you know, some horrible thing. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, this family of rats who live there, of course, are, um, so of course, you know, there's, there's great symbolism there and, you know, of our, of our, of our time. And Sam Savage, is um, an older writer, and and um, I think it was you know I, I shouldn't say what I what I don't know if it was like his first book or his second, but it, you know he wrote it you know when he was quite quite a bit older and and um, later in life, and I just think 
it's just a brilliant book. It's so funny. Uh, and um, so I guess um, sort of like an allegory really, you know, and um, meaningful and important. And there are other books. I mean, I, I just, I just basically, I just finished reading a book called Never Any End to Paris by Enrique Villa Matis, who, who, uh, a, Sp a Spanish writer who goes to Paris and, you know, um, wants, wants to write. Uh, so, you know, that, that's it. <laughs> and other, you know, I mean, I, I really love Ducks Unlimited, not Ducks, I'm mean, not Ducks Unlimited, um, Ducks Newburyport. Yeah, sorry, sorry, that, that does describe the writing style, though. <laughs> unlimited. It really is unlimited. <laughs> There's so many books. I'm trying to think. Yeah, you know, Natalia Ginsburg. Um, I love Robert Walzer these days. I mean, just mm -hmm. there's. I, I just. Um, yeah. I love yeah. that. I. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm my my mind, my brain is a little bit. Yeah. No, that was perfect. Low on the uptake. <laughs> no, it's it's perfect. And and I just read a schoolboy's diary for the first time. And so now I'm kind of okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you kind of like you have to sort of give into that, right? That kind of tone, that sort of odd, you know, otherworldly kind of like curiosity and you know, sort of spaciness. I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just something that right now for me these days, it's just something that uh, is so necessary. Maybe it has to do with what's going on in the world and how yeah. dire it all seems. This is so wonderful. Thank you so much. Fight Thank Night, you. the new book. Thank you for listening to the Maris Review and check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>